On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I had the pleasure of talking to Ramon Perez Coronado from Barner Brand. What an awesome conversation that we had all about uh, how he built his company really on the back of Kickstarter. We talked about different funding methods that you guys can use. We talked about what's working for them right now in a post iOS 14.5 world. Really great conversation. You guys are going to get a ton out of this one today. Hey guys, before we begin, I want to talk to you about how to grow your e-commerce brand in a post iOS 14.5 world. If you're doing over seven figures in D to C, you need to hear this. Back when Facebook ads were absolutely crushing it and driving massive amounts of revenue, setting up basic flows and sending out occasional email campaigns used to cut it. SMS marketing included. You'd see it constantly and so would we when we were looking at accounts at Mindful Marketing. Brands earning 20 to 45% of their total revenue with email marketing with maybe three to four hours of work a month and that's because they just set up some basic flows and then silence but now that the facebook algorithm has stopped spitting out such ridiculous returns where do we go retention but it requires marketers to go deeper than simple templated flows and copy and pasted campaigns which we've seen all the time it requires actually having a system that increases the ltv of your customers and then actually realizing that entire customer lifetime value in a shorter period of time and hopefully even searing a higher LTB. We're saddened to see brands do all the same things with their emails and SMS, and we're sick of auditing agency accounts who simply set up welcome flows and show off how many sales they make. Anyone can set up a welcome flow, abandoned cart flow, etc. That is the simple stuff, guys. The real key in retention marketing is digging deep into your market, copy, offer, your creative, and then pairing that with a strategy that turns one-time buyers into two-time buyers, into three-time buyers, and on and on, just like we've seen at our brands. So if you want to find out exactly how deep our retention marketing strategy goes, book a quick wins call with our team and we will show you exactly how we drive more repeat sales for our clients and hopefully how you can too. Go to mindfulmarketing.co slash quick wins. That's mindfulmarketing.co slash quick wins, all one word. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back here with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Uh, we are going to be in for quite an episode today. Uh, Ramon and I have already been talking for almost 15 minutes. Uh, classic, when you know you've got good chemistry and you've got a good interview uh, happening, uh, this is one of them. So Ramon, really great to meet you. For people who know nothing about you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, well, I'm Ramon Perez, uh, one of the co-founders of Barner. And uh, what we do is like create product to empower the life of digital generations. In the early beginning, we were like doing uh, blue light glasses, but in the end, we thought a little bit of our, uh, about our mission. So we thought why we're doing blue light glasses, right? It's to protect the eyes of the people. Why we want to protect the eyes of the people? To protect the people. But who's that people? In our case, digital generations. So in the end, that allowed us to start producing more products with one mission that is protect, not protect the eyes, but empower the life of digital generations, you know? Awesome. Awesome. I, I absolutely love that. Uh, interesting. How how did you guys come up with your mission statement, right? Because I think a lot of people, what they'll do yeah. is they'll, they're like, oh, I've got a product. This is cool. And then eventually mm-hmm. you kind of like, are like, okay, well, this is what we're doing. So let's just say it like this. How did you guys walk through that process? Was that a like a formal process or, or what did that look like? It's a super interesting question because uh, how normally people start is like, okay, I have that, that idea of that product and then you launch the product and it can be successful or not. But in our case, it was successful. We launched it through Kickstarter 
Kickstarter, but in the end we start selling and we start selling more and we start selling more. And I think you need a conversation with your clients and something to talk about. And yeah. just having one product doesn't allow you to have uh, deep conversations of what they need. And you start thinking, yeah. how can I serve or how can I be more useful to my, to my clients? Uh, what can I offer yeah. them apart from the blue light glasses? Because in the end, you have a pair or two pairs of blue light glasses. That's it. And you want to have more yeah. conversations. So in the end, it, it the question was, how can I help more? How can I help more? How can I help more? And if you get stuck on one product, in the end, you can just sell that product and okay, more glasses and more glasses and more glasses and let's launch more colors and let's launch more shapes but for us what was not interesting so we decided okay what can we do so let's focus first on our clients who are they digital generations how they behave now completely different thanks to technology because technology has changed totally. the, the way you behave the way you communicate the way you flirt the way you the things you have in your back the things uh, you carry in your daily lives so we said okay a lot of things have changed so now our mission is going to help those people to increase their happiness and their like comfort in this new technology era, you know? So first we started yes. with blue light glasses, but now we have the backpack and we are going to launch much more products that will help the people or improve the life of the digital generation. Yeah, awesome, awesome, that's so great. The really cool thing about that, Ramon, and when you start to build an actual brand, right? Not a product, Mm -hmm. company. We talk about this a, a lot at our, one of our businesses, our agency that, you know, to get in the door, you need to have a brand, right? Yeah. Because we're not interested in helping people who, you know, are just selling a specific product, right? Mm -hmm. There's to me that there's just not longevity in just a product centric, mm -hmm. like a single product centric business, right? Building a brand with a mission and, you know, really trying to, to go out and serve a certain customer and help hopefully change the world through serving that customer or change mm -hmm. a, a portion of their world, I think is massive. Ramon, when did you know that this was going to take off and that you had something there? After the, with the first Kickstarter, we were in the top 1% of best campaigns in the world. But with the second, after one year, we were like on top 0.2%, okay, of the best campaigns in the wow. world. Uh, what happened there is that we started having deep conversations with the clients asking, hey, did you like my product? Hey, uh, what will you improve? Oh, I want the glasses more flexible. I want the glasses more lightweight because 90% uh, of our clients, they didn't use glasses in the past. They have never used glasses in the past. So uh, I want them like more cheaper because I don't believe in this blue like thing. So I want to try and uh, taking all this feedback and just taking a lot of notes and having conversation and looms, looms going there, looms going back. Uh, we designed the new partner. We created the new collection that is the bestseller is the Chroma collection. And uh, then we start building up the brand, not just being a product with one category and one color. It's just starting to have or be more active in social media, in newsletter, asking more questions to the clients. So it's in that moment when you receive feedback, you apply the feedback and you grow four times. Like the, the second Kickstarter was four times bigger than the first one. Thanks to the feedback. It's wow. not because of us. It's not, there's no mystery yeah. or magic on that. It's just asking. We said, yeah. okay. You're just listening to, to your clients or your customers' feedback. That's it. With the first Kickstarter, we thought, okay, I know uh, this product can work. But with the second one, we just we didn't just know the product. We also knew the features. 
that the people is asking mm. for. And after that, yeah. we started building the brand. So I want to touch on something that you talked about there because we, we kind of skipped over it a little bit. So you were talking about Loom and how you use that. So first of all, I just want to let you guys know, I use Loom all the okay. time to communicate. Mm. This is how I communicate with my teams, yes. right? Is by Loom, especially like what Loom can allow you to do. Essentially, it's a video recording software that allows you to record your screen, make notes, uh, all of these sorts of things. I use it just to communicate with our teams so that we don't have to have meetings, right? Mm. It's like, hey guys, <laughs> I, this is what I was going to do anyways, let you guys know about this. So let's just not do a meeting and you can just watch this video, right? To me, that's, it's really important and helps me communicate really well. I'd love to know how you were using Loom in your customer service and in some of your product development. That's super interesting to me. Yeah, it's, uh, what the client needs is, is transparency, right? It's, uh, they want to know what is really happening because uh, when they don't know what is happening, if there is a delay, for example, or if uh, the, the glasses arrive like uh, this wrong because of the, the, the shipment, right? It can happen a lot of things, uh, but they want to know what really happened. And for example, Mm. Uh, when we were having delays uh, after Kickstarter, because uh, Kickstarter, you launch your first production and you are not sure about the timing. So you say, oh, more or less, this is the estimated delivery time. And then clients start to ask, hey, I am not receiving the product. What's happening? Oh, and you can say, I haven't received yet the product, so I cannot ship it to you. Or you can record yeah. a Loom video showing all the emails with the factories, showing all the emails with the forward showing all the spreadsheets about uh, when I'm receiving, how many quantities I'm receiving, and even invoices. So more in Kickstarter, because when you this are- This is just in... radical transparency. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. This is, especially for the for the digital age, where I think that we really, like, you know, I'm, I'm a millennial. I really appreciate full transparency, mm -hmm. and I know when somebody is trying to BS me, yeah. right? Like, I really know that. And so I, I love this. Sorry, Ramon, keep keep going. I just wanted to, to reiterate how great this is. And, and you sent it to, to the client. And, and I've seen so many clients, not a lot because we don't have like a lot of annoying clients, uh, but some clients that were haters becoming like lovers in just one second with one video because they are saying, wow. oh my God, you wow. took five minutes of your time just to explain me this because yes, it's personalized, right? Uh, but it's important because when you're born, when you create your first company and you don't have a name and the company has no name, Name, uh, the only thing that matters is your worth because you don't have history. You don't, you, you, you have never delivered. You have not been successful. You have not even sold like 100K in one year. You have done nothing. So the only thing you have when yep. you start is your worth. So you have to communicate as yep. much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Ramon, let's uh, let's skip over to marketing. We're in the end of 2021 right now. Yeah. Things have been really volatile yeah. in the in the marketing world. I'd love to know, uh, especially, so just for our audience listening, I, I forgot to mention, um, Ramon is uh, in Spain yeah. uh, right now. And so it's really interesting. I'd love to get sort of a feel of what's going on over in Europe uh, from a marketing perspective. What is working for you, first of all, and what, what hasn't? Okay, uh, we are in Spain, but thanks to Kickstarter, we started selling worldwide. And in Spain, we sell more or less a 4%. Like, uh, I think this... Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, uh, we sell worldwide in more than 190 countries. And thanks to wow. DHL, that they are an amazing, they deliver amazingly, uh, and UPS as well. Uh, but uh, we just use the same tools that everyone is using. It's using Facebook, Instagram ads in the ad. Uh, but it's true that after the iOS deployment uh, here in Spain or in Europe, it has damaged a lot the, the accuracy and the performance of the ads. Why? Because now, uh, I don't know if in the States or in Canada you have this, but now we cannot track 
who is behind the screen. Before this iOS release, because of the privacy, mm-hmm. I think it's the same. Uh, we had all the information, like all the brands. It's it's normal. It's how it worked. Uh, but now we don't have that information. So maybe you are selling meat, for example, and you don't know who is vegetarian right now. So you're sending mm. ads to that person. And of course, those CPCs or those ads are lost. So it's true that now everyone, I think everyone in the e-commerce world has to shift a little bit the strategy. And I think this is why big brands like Warby Parker or Allbirds, they are like uh, moving to offline again, even though they mm. started disrupting the e-commerce or the industry selling online, right? But they are moving backwards yes. or moving, not backwards, but horizontally to a new channel or a channel that has been the oldest, that is the offline, and they are going there again. So we are doing this change as well, and maybe opening our first retail store next year, but also focusing on wholesales and distribution. Yes. Uh, Ramon, you are absolutely right where uh, I feel like you should be, right? Doing, it's it's so interesting, right? Like there's a lot of brands that are like, oh, well, we're just going to stick to the same strategy, right? But the world is constantly evolving mm-hmm. and changing and it will evolve and change even faster in this digital era, right? So being able to hedge against, there's going to be more iOS 14s, guys, yep. right? There's going to be more of these, these things that happen that are going to push like, you know, third-party cookies are going away. They will go away and that's okay. We can survive after. And having something, you know, like your own flagship retail, right? Huge way to be able to diversify. Getting into more and more wholesale, huge way to diversify and also a great marketing channel. Yep. So I am totally with you there. Ramon, let's go back. And what's something when you're looking back at the history Mm -hmm. of what you've grown, what's a huge mistake that you made along the way that hopefully you can help people not make? Mm, I've made a lot of mistakes, uh, but maybe like productions, it's always... This is is a tough one. No, it's a a tough (laughs) one, but... uh... Productions, it's always like, uh, not a mess, but the forecast, when you start the business, it's like something like it's hard to, you know, how much I'm going to sell next year or next month. And and you can lose because of not having stock. The same you can lose because of not doing the proper numbers. Uh, so I think that in a few moments, we were completely overstocked. And as we say here in Spain, the money that is stocked is money that is going to make you die. So uh, like, of course, it's it sounds better in Spanish. But uh, yes, because <laughs> I'm just learn, saying it and, and it's like first. strange to say it in English, but uh, the money that is stocked is not helping in the end. So I think overstocked and also uh, running out of stock. I think the stock has been like the, a nightmare for us, even though we can control yes. it. But the forecast is the thing. For example, in April last year, that all the sales went up, at least in the e-commerce, at least for us, thanks to uh, COVID, thanks yeah. to, even though it's bad, uh, but uh, thanks to that, at least we uh, grow a lot. Uh, we grow like three, four times uh, from March to April. And of course, we were not uh, forecasting that and we had no stock for that. So you start to, thanks God, nowadays people, I think they're more flexible. So when you start talking about that and you open pre-orders and you explain why pre-orders, people is more easy. And I'm super thankful totally. to that. I'm super thankful to that. But yeah. stocks, I think, stocks, logistics, productions, this is what we have been like a more struggling with. 
totally. I mean, I think with a lot of like visionary owners as well, they're really good at marketing and really good at selling. And then it comes to that operational side of things and stock levels and all of that. And things get difficult, yep. right? I really do think like bringing in people to fill in those areas that you may not excel in is that that is the way to combat this, right? Mm-hmm. And hiring ahead of the curve. One of one of my mentors um, talks about having bench depth in your organizations, right? And so, you know, people will move on, right? But having that depth in your organization to be able to help is just absolutely key. Yes. Ramon, I got to ask you the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. Yeah. What is your secret to scaling? I think our secret is like the culture of the company and the team. Since the, uh, since we were like uh, three, four people, me and my partner that we love to think about people and uh, we are like a centric, uh, uh, people-centric company, I would say. Not not centric, just not just the people that is our clients, but also employees, stakeholders. So everyone that is involved or touch points with partner, it's important. But I think that the culture, we started building the, the culture since we were three, four people because we were super happy. Everyone was super happy. And I was thinking, I want to be that happy when we are going to be like 20, 25. Now we are 24 and we are happy. The same, but thanks uh, mm. to the culture and to the values that Barner has and all the people has as well inside Barner that allow us to like push and push and push even in the hardest times. So I think in order to grow, you need people with a lot of attitude more than skills that they believe in the in the mission, in the vision, that they uh, feel confident, that they, that they feel that someone is taking care of them as well. And I think for mm. me, the most important thing as a team is why I wake up in the mornings. Oh, that's great. Ramon, we're we're so on the on the same page. Everything you're saying, I'm like, oh, I like this guy. Okay. I like this guy. We could be partners, but Ramon. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I like you. Yeah. I, I've got I've got another question. Normally I don't ask another one of these kinds of questions after this secrets of scaling, but just something came in my mind here. I'd love to walk through, you know, because you guys have grown pretty substantially over the last mm-hmm. while. I'd love to walk through how you guys funded. Were you completely bootstrapped? Yep. Were you some bank funding? Some what what did what did that look like for you to sort of get to the level because you know 24 employees that's a lot mm-hmm. of people there's a lot of costs associated with that could you walk me through some of your funding models that you guys use you no know, it's uh, it's quite simple it's uh we are here thanks to kickstarter and it's uh like our secret mm. we were like uh we started with my partner with five thousand euros each uh, to do the videos, wow. the shootings, the samples, the importing, everything. And just uh, we had no salary for one year or two years. And yes, thanks to those 10,000 euros, we start like flying to Italy, flying to China, flying to a lot of countries with, with factories. And then we brought the samples and then we started doing the pictures and the shootings and we created the first Kickstarter. And thanks to that, we got the first 140K uh, with the first campaign. So it was successful. But those 140K last one year so the one year after we were like with no money at all because we wanted productions and we had to pay for ads and a lot of things uh and we thought okay now we're in the same position as one year ago what should we do and we were thinking about investment banks or private investment no matter what in that moment where we thought uh, we know how Kickstarter works so maybe we can launch a second one with the feedback of the clients and in that Kickstarter yeah. we raised uh, 750k like in a few months so thanks to that wow. we start having enough money to start hiring because in the early beginning you know you're like uh, doing all the customer satisfa- customer sa- uh, service you are like shipping everything yeah. you have your house <laughs> full of boxes and full of glasses and you have to do the pick and pack so in the end 
then uh, little by little, you start externalizing or hiring people that do this kind of job so you can grow the co- make the company bigger. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. I, I really appreciate that because it's funny. I didn't even mention Kickstarter, yeah. right, as a funding option. But of course, I mean, how wonderful to pre have that money right before you start producing. Yeah. I think that there's there's some huge learnings in there. Uh, Ramon, I've got three more questions for you. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Cool. Go. First first question for you. Uh, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Mm, I would say Notion. Notion is, uh, even though we use uh, Asana for project management and then, of course, a Slack for communication, Notion for me, it has been like a great discovery because before I used to take notes on uh, draft emails or in uh, opening a page, or but now in Notion, yeah. we have all the Wikipedia of the company. But then, of course, you have the personal part where you have all your notes. I take uh, notes for every time an employee does a good thing. I take note for the one-to-one to talk with him, to to thanks, cool. say thanks. So I take notes all day there and I have my own to-doist because before Notion, uh, we used to do this, but now I used to do this inside Notion. So Notion for me is the best tool right now. Personal awesome. and professional awesome. right. for few... both. For both. Professional and personal. What? Yeah. Wonderful. That's great. Ramon, favorite podcast or audio book that you're listening to right now? Podcast. Uh, I listen to a Spanish podcast uh, of K-Fan, for example. It's an amazing fund here in Spain. Or Innic, an amazing fund. Uh, but books, it's uh, I would recommend like maybe Atomic Habits of James Clear is an amazing oh, book. book. And then something more spiritual. Uh, Think Like a Monk of Jay Shetty, I would say. is. Uh, oh, yeah. That one's on my list too. Uh, yeah, go yeah, yeah. for it because it's super interesting how this guy explains uh, how can you apply like daily tasks or routines uh, that you can live in a, in a monastery but in your daily life so it's quite interesting mm. i recommend that one cool cool i'm gonna make sure to bump that one up on my yeah. list here last question for you ramon if you could sit down with anybody mm. uh you get an hour with them they have to be alive you can have whatever you want with them some espresso if you want some tea whatever it is mm. who would it be it's a it's a tough question huh? because you have amazing people like uh Elon Musk or Richard Branson, but I think I would go for Elon Musk, I think, because uh, Richard Branson is everything about attitude, but I see Elon Musk more deep thinking and it's always like more, it's more like, it's a little bit more freak like me that I'm always thinking and how to improve small <laughs> things, like not like uh, enthusiast and let's go, no, no, it's more in the think way, but uh, yes, I, I think yeah. Elon Musk would be like, a, if I set a part like crypto stuff that nowadays it's pumping so hard and nfts that it's another conversation and i would love to have some conversations with someone from there uh but yes elon musk it's my choice great great answer and i love i love how you justified that (laughs) ramon so so great to to be able to chat with you where can people find out more about you and more about barner barner at our page uh, barnerbrand.com and of course uh, or twitter i think we publish uh, quite a lot and our instagram myself uh, i have to say that i've read a lot of books but never uh, related to uh personal branding (laughs) i i didn't trust in that uh but maybe we start we have to start to think out little bit about that because i've been like two or three times people asking me that question and i have nothing to explain nowhere but yes i think in our instagram and our page uh, barnerbrand.com 
Awesome. Ramon, thank you again so much. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you very much. It has been a pleasure. Hey, guys. We hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.